It is Chris Aiken presents. I am Chris Aiken. That is Eric Farentinos. And dude, how cool were those guys? They were way cool, man. That guy was straight off the Jersey Shore. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I'm from Jersey. I could say that. I'm yeah, you can. You get away. New Jersey, Anglewood Cliffs Hospital, to be exact. Look at you. You get away with and it. But... Look what time it is. <sighs> what are we drinking? White cloth? Uh, nope. Oh, we're not on the cloth tonight. This is a Cantina Especial. Oh. What tequila is that beer? soda. Tequila soda. You know what I saw when I was in this uh, supermarket? Uh, a friend of mine that I know happened to be in the supermarket and she was about to set up a stand where they promote some new product okay. and she had a case of Monaco's, which of course made me think of Johnny Monaco right? or other guitars, but these things are strong as hell. I don't know if the listeners have ever heard of Monaco, but they make a tequila soda. They make a vodka soda. Nine percent, nine percent alcohol wow. on those. It's like three three shots of uh, tequila or vodka at wow. each one. So, well, you drink two of those and you can't play your gig. I could. Well, you could. You're an alcoholic. Other, but... other, you know, humans couldn't. But that's right. Pro like you, I've watched you drink half a bottle of of um of Jack Daniels and get out there and play bow wow wow tunes. That's right. And roar. <laughs> <laughs> well real quick um the, the lansdowne guys already hit us up on youtube thanking us for having them on and um not a problem man we like those guys a lot we do and i'm not and and i i mean i know i know a lot of people are like oh you're just kissing their ass because they're on no that fucking i want to get rocks. a video done over at their place dude i'm telling you honest. i'm telling you that video looks great don't both of those videos look great I mean, dude, come on. Look at the, look at this video. Look at how cool this looks. I mean, yeah. this just looks very cool, very, very well done. I mean, they're definitely doing high-end shit. That that is for sure. So, you know, great that band. That singer looks like you kick your ass if you had anything else to say <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah, but so did that Tim Lambesis from As I Lay Dying, and he had to hire somebody else just to take his wife out. So, you know. He's from here. That Lambesis from here. is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the band, for a while, was, uh, I think, owners in the Brick by Brick, which is our shithole metal club that we have, that we've had forever. It used to be called The Spirit in the late 70s, 1970s. Piercy played there as a kid, and his big story was that they paid him to leave. (laughs) He actually gave him money to to leave, and he goes, yeah. So he he I'll take it. (laughs) <laughs> it was uh yeah brick by it was uh brick by brick still for a long time now okay and very i don't cool. know if we still own it the guitarist i think and the drummer maybe maybe i don't know i don't out, outside of outside of attempted murder i don't know much about tim lambesis i i do know as i lay dying i loved the band right i did love the band before i haven't really listened to him since but you know and he didn't of, kill her he didn't yeah he didn't kill her he just tried yeah and you know, I've said it a million times. I don't condone it. Could have been worse. I could have been worse. I don't worse. condone it, but I understand. You know, <laughs> to, to quote Chris Rock, I don't condone it, but I understand. You know. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, Lansdown, make sure you check them out. Lansdownmusic.com. And that's L-A-N-D-O-W-N-E-S. No, no S. Lansdown. No S. 
L-A-N-D-O-W-N-E music.com. Lansdownmusic.com. So make sure you check them out. I felt dumb because we talked about them being from Boston. And then my first question was like, so are you guys from the Poconos? But I got all excited. <laughs> I, I, I have I always have the Poconos as like a soft spot in my heart. You know, right. besides, you know, I'm feeding squirrels and birds. I know. I, I, I'm, I'm listening to the questions. I'm like, you're fucking talking about the 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 power of the nature and, and this. Um, you're talking Dude, about the power of nature. And I'm like, the nature in Boston? What are you talking about? No, not in Boston. <laughs> Although, no, you know what? Massachusetts has has beautiful uh, parts to it, too. But I never saw any. But the Poconos, what was weird is that was also the first time I think I heard Back in Black. Like, I was walking through the woods, and there was, like, some kind of, like, what little YMCA rec center or something out there. It was, like, on a weekend. But these kids, and, like, if you can imagine in the late 1970s, uh, where everybody's kind of hippied out looking. Yeah. And, had a boom box and i remember i saw them in the woods and i was kind of hiding because i was only like probably eight years old tripping around and i heard some right. music and they were playing the new acdc back and black album and they were smoking weed and passing it joints in a circle and it was uh i remember just checking it out going man i wish i could go hang out with them and the music was badass and that all happened in that area so nice very nice <laughs> Well, dude, I, I did have a, a topic or two I wanted to discuss outside of Lansdowne. And um, um, and j- just real quick, um, I know we advertised tonight that Ronnie Monroe was going to be on from Vicious Rumors. He is not going to be on tonight. He had a uh, he had a death in the family quite suddenly, so um, he's dealing with that. Um, we will get him on, just not this week, because he's obviously dealing with something much more important than Chris Aiken presents, so... You know, hope he's doing okay, and uh, we'll catch up with him. You know, at a later date, once once his life settles down a little bit. Yeah. But let's move to what something I did want to talk with you about because you probably have some insight or some thought in this. Have you been seeing the number of '90s bands, '90s and early 2000s bands that are either reuniting or? at least are coming together for a lot of these festivals now. Have you been seeing that? Yes, I have. How does that affect the eighties guys, which you obviously are in that, in that world. Does that make less gigs or does that, is that welcomed by you guys or do you hate that because it, you know, softens the amount of money that's out there or what? No, I certainly don't hate it. And the bands that the eighties bands that have been doing the festivals are going to continue to do them. Okay. You know, I mean, we still probably have another 20 years of those eighties bands. Possibly. Okay. Maybe not that long. A lot of, they, they might have replacements of the band by then. Sure. I mean, obviously a lot of them are in their late sixties, early seventies uh, now, but may, maybe at least another 10 years of, of that perhaps, but it just makes sense that the nineties bands would be next to be the classic rock grandpa cruise you know or yeah, what I have mean, you it dude, makes me feel old to be honest seeing it dude is is that gonna be weird when you when you go on the monsters of rock cruise and it's uh you know papa roach and pearl right. jam you know <laughs> that just sounds like it's gonna be weird right or uh you know bush i guess yeah, that bush. would be there's there's some cool 90s bands you know sure. that i wouldn't i wouldn't mind being on the bill with yeah, but the question is, is is will they, if you put them together, will they draw an audience, though? 
you know, if you put if you put Dokken on the same bill with uh, Bush, is that going to move the needle to spend two thousand dollars on a boat ticket? I don't know if that's even a good idea, to be honest, because everybody knows that it was the '90s that kind of put out the fire out the 80s. of the '80s. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's almost like having the Crips and the Bloods play a festival together. You know, it's just not right. That's in the best interest. Yeah, you're probably right about that. I hadn't even thought about that, but remember dude, the Motley Crue, Pam and Tommy uh, movie when Motley thought they were the the shit and they could go into the recording studio whenever they wanted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then they like get in there, and there's a band in, in their room, and they're like, "Hey, man, what are you doing here?" And they're like, "Oh, well, it's our studio now. We're third eye blind." Yeah, that's right, third yeah. eye blind. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, it is it. That's got to be crushing when you've been when you've been top of the mountain and all of a sudden, you know, you came down the hill, so to speak. You know, that's got to suck. Right. And, and and I hate, you know, the, the thing that's weird to me is because I, I, I'll i be honest, I did not love the the 90s are probably my least favorite era of music. Just just in general and, and is and nothing and, and that's not to say that i don't like a lot of the bands and i didn't have a f- lot of fun with a lot of those bands you know i've told my stories about partying with no doubt and Glenn, gwen stefani and stuff you know which were epic amounts of fun hanging out getting hammered with 311 and shit like that i mean just having a lot of fun with a lot of those bands but to go back and listen to them now it's like you know the the reason this one came up to me was that um I saw that the band Trust Company announced the original lineup to reunite for that Blue Ridge Rock Festival. Okay. And they sucked. Trust Company was a bad band when they were a relevant band. And I cannot imagine going to anything to see Trust Company or Cold or Edema or Puddle of Well, Mon. slow down there, Chris. Slow down. Okay. I mean, Cold and Edema are some pretty cool bands. Come on. Come on, really? Edema had one good record. That first one. And he's related to Jonathan the guy Davis. in Corn, right? Yeah, Jonathan Davis. Yeah, yeah, but he's not in the band anymore. Oh, he's that not? Guy, no, that, that was Marky Chavez. He's not in the band anymore. Now it's some God other damn, guy. Yeah, you know everybody. I do know. Dude, let me tell you my, let me tell you my um, Edema story. Please do. So um, I was on WMMS and um, myself and my partner, Matt, the warlock, we did the first ever Cleveland booking. We booked the first ever Cleveland show for Edema, you know, on a Sunday afternoon. We did a metal show afternoon at, I think it was Peabody's. I think it was at Peabody's Down Under. And it was... Three bands that nobody had ever heard of before. Systematic, which was the first band ever signed to Lars's um, label, mm-hmm. which now features, which then featured and um, went on to feature Tim Narducci, who's in Spiral Arms, and then uh, The Watchers, which are great stoner bands these days. If you like that stoner rock stuff, that's as good like as to it get gets. Stoned. Well, you would like The Watchers because, boy, does I know Narducci likes to likes to find an herb or two. And he lives near you too, or no? He's up. He's up north. He's in San Francisco. But maybe when you're up north, you could stop by Mister Tim's place. He'd he'd hook you up with a a smoke or two. But um, that was that was 
the draw was that they were the first band signed to Lars's side label. Then the second band on the bill was Puddle of Mud that had never been in Cleveland before. And the third band was Edema. So we were like the first ones. To, we were the first booking that those three bands had in Cleveland. That sounds like a kick-ass lineup. It was pretty cool. I mean, it was cool for the time. But, it, you know, and, and like the the that was right before puddle of mud broke out with blurry and she fucking hates me and those songs and you know i think the biggest band on that bill might have been edema at the time because they had that whatever that song was i could think of it but i could i don't remember the name of it but um you know they they um they didn't go on to do anything not really did they? Edema? Well, uh, they still tour, I think, with the... Um, now, Rob Zombie has a cousin or brother or something. Yeah, Power that's Man 5000? Right. I think Spider they get on, one. The, they get on those kind of gigs, you know, doing yeah. club tours with Power Man 5000 and go out for a couple months and, mm-hmm. you know, I think the name's, you know, hung in there, Edema, long enough. Yeah. Peabody, the Fit Club of Cleveland. Yeah, it was. Me. It was the shit club of Cleveland. It really was. I don't not. know. I always played good gigs there. I don't Ugh. care. Well, maybe, maybe for state. See, I guess it depends on which Peabody's you played. Did you play the old one next to the lake, or did you play the one that was in the city that came after? No, you played the one that was I in the city. Both. Probably played both if it was yeah, in the last yeah. twenty-two years. You, I know you played the one in the city because I went to that show. That was the Metal Church and Stephen and um, Wasp. Wasp show. Yeah, yeah, and I I went to that. But I don't think you I don't think you would have played at the other one. That was in the late nineties, I think. That closed okay, and, then no. and moved over. But that place was a shithole. That place was first of all, it held maybe two hundred people. It just was tiny, and it had this is such a fun story. So it had these poles because it really wasn't meant to be a club. It was just meant to be like a storage room or something that they just modified into Fire a club. Station. And, no. and it had these metal poles kind of in the middle. Like there was no seats. It was just a big mosh. Not big. Was it a firehouse from back in the day? Uh, no, it was just like a, a warehouse. It was it was just okay. an old warehouse. And I just remember one night I was down there. The, band, uh, the show was Blaze Bailey's version of Iron Maiden was the headliner with fear factory opening up and it was like 95 96 whatever year you know right in there and it was dark and they had all the strobes going for fear factory and whatever and burt bell the singer of fear factory like went to dive out into the crowd and he didn't see the pole and he just bonked right off Oh, he almost knocked himself dead. He's like, he like dove out like, like Superman dive because he thought he was right. diving out into the crowd, and he and the pole couldn't have been a foot past the stage. And he's like, whoop, boink, <laughs> just straight down to the fucking ground. I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, he had he that club was a really was a dive, right. But I, I saw some good shows there. like that, like where I, on stage they have like random pole, like right yeah. three quarters of the way onto the stage, and you're trying to like work around it, mm-hmm. like ridiculous stuff like that. I'm glad we haven't had to do anything like that in a long time, dude. There were some clubs, especially in in Cleveland or in the Cleveland area at that time, 
like there was a club down in Canton called Sadie Renee's and it was one of the best sounding clubs in, in the area. I mean, the sound was great in this place, but another room that just was not meant to be a club. And the problem this room had super low ceilings, like, like you could reach up and touch the ceiling. And I just remember I was seeing this band. There was a local band in Cleveland called funnel and they never went on to do anything, but they were killer. They were, they were like theatrical and stuff. And, they would wheel the singer out in a straight jacket on a, on a, like a, a furniture moving um, trolley. <laughs> it was, it was a crazy wild show. At one point, this fucking kid jumped up into the rafters and he was hanging upside down from the rafters, singing into his mic stand, which they lowered a little bit. So that he could sing. Rowdy. It was fucking nuts. I was like, wow, look at this. Just crazy. I saw some craziness in those days, man. But yeah, I mean, but anyway, back to my point about about the 90s bands. I think this is my assumption is much like the 90s did it to the 80s once. I think you're going to see, especially with there being less and less original members. And when you do have original members, they're fucking retirement age or or if nothing else, they should have been retired a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a second wave of the 90s killing the 80s, but now killing them on the casino circuit. Potentially. Potentially. I hope not. I hope not because I have a lot of friends in that in that circle. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, this was the first, uh, or the end of 2022, I first started seeing all those bands piled on. But one thing I noticed is it took a lot more 90s bands to make it a show for some reason than it typically does for 80s bands. You don't have to put as many 80s bands on a bill to have a successful show as it appeared yeah. that they were trying to do with the 90s bands. I mean... Well, they had you know why everybody. Because, oh, I'll tell you why. Because the eighties had a longer lifespan. Right. The eighties had the eighties had what about a twelve a legitimate ten eight ten year span? Because I I mean, what would we say the start of the eighties would have been eighty three? The start Quiet of the eighties would be nineteen eighty, Chris. Well, I know that. I mean the music, Dick. <laughs> I mean the music. <laughs> what do you say? Eighty three. The, right. the, the metal sound the metal time would be like 83 i'm saying the metal years yeah the hair metal years the, the popular yeah, 82, metal, 83 82, 82 83. 83 yeah heavy so, metal had been going on for some time yeah like i mean the set late 70s they were wearing animal skins and yeah. driving weird chevy vans and right or 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 being black sabbath that's writing what they were songs doing. about monsters right exactly but I'm saying the hair metal, the popular years was probably right. from 83 to 91. And then it just died with teen spirit. You know, it just dropped dead, like suddenly right then. I mean, the band still put out music, but it was kind of over at that point. So that's nine years. And when you really think about it, there was only about, I would say 10 to 15 bands that were big that were truly big. You know, you got your Motley, Rat, Poison, Warrant. Um, who else? There's more than that, but. Oh, of, of the hair of bands? The hair bands that were huge, that were really oh, bon big. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. 
um uh rat you know do on some level sure i mean well there was a ton you know one thing i'll say is it seems like the 90s and i could be wrong i'm just speculating that the 90s had spawned more one-hit wonders if anything well and and that that's my point all the bands that were big in the 80s had 10 15 hits right all of them so so you don't need as many bands to have a night full of hits to do a night full of hit i mean dude we can't even name the song from edema we can't name it name a song from- 